The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. On the podcast today, our amazing guest is the wonderful independent artist Midday. Now, if that name rings a bell to you and you're a fan of The Voice UK, you can put two and two together. And yes, he is storming our screens at the moment with a beautiful voice of his. Just to say, when we recorded this, he did so well to keep it secret. We recorded this interview just before Christmas and he didn't let on that he'd already got through to The Voice UK. So uh, it's a chance for you to hear about his journey. Do champion him, vote for him. Uh, We look forward to see how this is going to impact his independent journey. But for now, enjoy hearing all that's happened so far from an amazing human being and a wonderfully talented artist, Midday. So as you know, if you listen regularly to the podcast, one of our favourite things to do is to speak to artists about their journey. That's when you hear it real and raw, uh, the highs and the lows. And our guest today is a a friend. Uh, We are both fans of his music. Um, I first interviewed him many years ago on my radio show and it's fantastic to see him um, still doing music. And he's definitely an artist who just ups his game with every release. we're in a weird time at the moment in the world. Live stream has been a big thing as well. So we're also taking the opportunity to start our new how-to series. And we're going to be talking about how to live stream in this episode. Uh, but we will get on with introducing our guest. It is Midday. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. That, was, that was a good intro, man. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Um, it, yes, as Loretta said, you are we're friends and we've known you for so long. So it's great to finally get you on the podcast and you know, sharing your journey with our listeners. Um, so how would you describe yourself as a musician? Uh, I would say that I am a singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think earlier on, I used to add a lot more words before and after that, just to qualify it a bit. But I think having a, being a singer songwriter just kind of encapsulates the whole thing. And it's probably the most truest way that just ties in everything that I do. Because I do sing and I do write songs, both for myself and others. And um, the only other thing I'd probably add is I produce a lot more now, um, pre and post pandemic, I guess. Um, so maybe producer, singer, songwriter would probably be more accurate. Um, yeah. And is that what you always wanted to do? Were you a musical child who grew up knowing that they wanted to do music? No, 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 no. I, I didn't start playing any instruments till I was up till I was eighteen or so. Wow. And uh, before that, I think my aspirations were capped at wanting to be a lawyer, and then I wanted to be a pilot at some point. Uh, but it's just because I had a, a cool uncle who was a, a pilot. So um, yeah. But before eighteen, I was just going with the flow. Uh, in school, in college, just went with whatever I was doing. I was, I was pretty average. There wasn't any like obvious path, you know, academic academically for me. So. Um, uh, picked up an instrument because I got bored during uh, break time at lunch and was jamming in the music room. I just saw how cool it was and started playing instruments that way. Was that guitar? No, it was piano. I played piano for a long time before before touching the guitar. I've actually heard you play um, piano. Um, I think I heard you did put something online and I thought, I personally thought you should do that more. Like you and piano. Yeah. Like, 
yeah, it's just it's just hard to lug around the piano to gigs, you know. Um, but I definitely love playing the piano, and um, it was definitely the first thing, first love as an instrument is definitely the piano. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So, so when did you um, start to actually write your own songs? And see, we're on a flow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I so early on, I was, you know, grew up in church. And um, as, as part of an initiative that I think one of the churches I was in back then uh, was trying to do was to just to write songs. Uh, and I don't know how it came to be, but I ended up writing a 10 track album and a master team of about 20 people, singers, musicians. And the plan was to record this album and put it out. And that kind of didn't materialize because we were right on the cusp of everybody becoming grown and mature and veering off into different aspects of life and things like that but the album exists um we finished kind of recording the rehearsal a few things like that and for me when everyone sort of started to go about their business i realized i had something because even now i can listen to the songs and it was still you know it still had meaning and it was still rich and deep and things like that so for me it just kind of helped me along into the journey of becoming a songwriter because i understood that i could do it and you know if you've done it before you just sort of build on it with every single time that you do it so um that's kind of how i got into songwriting there's not really many people who start their songwriting or, or whole career yeah i made an album straight off yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, no yeah i don't know i don't know how other people get into it but um i'm sure there are just as many ways that people get into it than you know than that i know when i first interviewed you and it was early on in your journey and you'd um just done an ep and it really struck me that you had quite a unique sound because there was definitely a kind of folk and acoustic element to your songs and then you had this soulful voice as well um is that just what came out when you started writing songs or what were some of your influences what was your journey to arrive at your sound i think early definitely early on a lot of my writing was probably inspired by the people i was listening to so coming into picking up the guitar and writing songs, I was deeply, deeply um, into the John Mayer-esque vibe, you know, and uh, listened to all of his albums, watched a lot of his concerts, things like that. Uh, coupled that with Ray LaMontagne, with um, Damien Rice, with every, just everybody of that kind of ilk. So that was my foray. And so picking up guitar, I would just, it would just come out that way. Songs that I would write would have a bit of the folky thing, a bit of the bluesy thing, and quote because I, obviously I couldn't play the blues or anything like that then. Probably still can't now, but um, so that was kind of just the, the uh, thing that was forming was all of these influences coming in together. And I, I never thought of my voice in terms of categorizing it into uh, soulful or this or that. I, I got told that that's what I sounded like. So I would just sing and just do whatever felt natural and people would say, oh, your voice is really soulful, you know, you're a soul singer. And I'd be like, maybe I'm a soul singer, I don't know. Um, and even to now, I kind of don't think of my voice in, in terms of how I think it sounds. I, I just kind of let it flow out. And then, and then afterwards, I kind of edit it to see what, how I think it feels and how it should go. Interesting. Interesting. So tell us about um, your, I suppose, um, your recording process and stuff. Because you say you produce, did you, um, did you produce that first album? Yeah, uh, so funny story. I produced that entire uh, EP. It was five songs. I, I did all of that in my bedroom at the time. I was living in my parents' house. And I had just 
gotten uh, a MacBook Pro, an interface, you know, the whole kit, starter, starter pack. And I did the whole thing without really knowing too much of any particular thing. So I wasn't very good at um, production. I wasn't very good at mixing. I wasn't very good at just, I was beginning. But the songs were there. So, you know, I had the songs. And I knew I had something I loved, enjoyed, enjoyed playing and things like that. So I just recorded it did my best with mixing it it had a ton a ton of reverb on every single thing and uh and it's out it's you know i i got it to a point where i felt like i was happy with took it to a friend of mine who could master he um worked on it had it mastered and i was very proud of it you know i was very still am kind of proud of it just um knowing the inception and knowing how the whole thing came to be um and yeah that's kind of how that worked i remember first tracking guitars for the first time not sure how to do it did I, I put a DI in, uh, very few things were acoustically recorded. So everything was, if it wasn't ele electronic, it was, it was just very um, in-house done. I don't know how to put it. It was very, yeah, bedroom done. Um, but I was very, I have to say, I was so, so proud of this EP. You wouldn't, you wouldn't believe. I mean, to the point of um, getting it into Loretta's hands to be on radio, that's how proud of it I was. I was just ready to, I was ready to, to die on this hill, you know, uh, yeah, I loved, I loved the EP. Since then, a lot of, um, I guess, understanding, growth, development, and things like that. But I'll never forget that first experience and just learning things and picking things up and, you know, feeling like you've got something going, you know. Yeah, it's crucial. So when you got to that point when you'd, you know, you'd made this EP, you were really proud of it. Did you, at that point, have a game plan for your career as an artist? Did you think, I want to be signed? Did you think, I want to be independent? Was it a... Uh, a, you know, a hobby, a labor of love, or at that point, had you thought this is what I want to do with my life? Which which way round did all of that come? Uh, those are all questions I'm probably still asking now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think at the time, I don't know if the game plan was, you know, I'm going to get signed and, you know, this is the trajectory. I think I was more, I, I was always just a couple of steps ahead. So if I had an EP, I was, I was up to three steps ahead of that. So I knew, okay, this EP could go out. I could, you know, shoot a music video. I could pitch it to, at the time, blogs and, um, you know, uh, just, just getting into like online blogs and things was like a huge, huge part of your promotion. So, so that, you know, I had those steps, a couple of steps ahead of the release. And I think, that was as far as I, I, I knew to get it. So in, in terms of getting signed and stuff, my, my other first love was performing. So just whenever I could have a mixture of release, music video and performance, and I could do that well, for me, that was the, that was the, the road and that was the thing. Um, some opportunities have come, you know, on the back of that and have, have changed or shaped it a bit to make me think, or maybe this is the way to go, or maybe I should be pointing my son in this way, or maybe I should be majoring on this other thing. But at the core of what I do, I think it's still just to have a good release, have a music video, just channel all my creativity into a product and into something that I feel like other people would love to listen to. That's kind of still where it's all at. That's awesome. And you've done this um, many, many times now. Um, and do you still enjoy that? Do you still enjoy that process? How does it feel? And how has it changed? Um, how has changed for you, your experience? I think there's some parts of it that I still love and will probably still love. And there's some parts of it that have kind of dropped on that scale and I do them because I have to do them. Uh, and I think every artist listening will know, you know, there's the admin side of things and there's the, 
bookkeeping and there's the um there's the business if you like if you want to just group it like that there's the business side of making music that has to go hand in hand with releasing and things like that um and and i, I don't know if i ever loved that side of things and i think even now i probably love it even less because it's it just feels like there's more of it to do and as you i feel like as you mature in the journey you, you become more aware of things you could do admin wise or you know business wise to improve what it is you do artistically but as for the artistic side of things i think i still now probably even more than then i love producing a lot more um obviously love performing and you know if ever given the choice to, between producing and performing live i would always go and perform live you know I, that's for, I, yeah, I love it um so i would always love that but there's other parts of the journey that I think I could do, I could do without, you know, I could, if I, if I never had to write another invoice, uh, um, file a tax return or anything, if I, if I never had to do those things, I, I, I would be more than happy. Um, yeah. What do you, what, as I said, what would you say has changed in the whole making music, releasing music promo from when you first started doing it to now? What, what parts of that process do you think has, have evolved in terms of even in the business and stuff and how we roll things out? For you, has anything changed? Yeah, I mean, before, before it, it used to be, and my take on this might be very different from somebody else, but I think um, early on for me, it was always, there were some key things you had to have and there was a way you had to tell the story. So uh, um, day of release, you would have it go out on blogs, either through yourself or a PR company that you, you know, are in talks with or whatever else. You'd have a music video or some kind of visual to go along with the with the song. And then the song would, you know, be live everywhere else. You make the noise, um, new song, out now, download, hey, boom, MySpace, here we go. Um, and then I think now it's kind of, for me, I'd say what's really changed or evolved is I'm more in tune with the people who I think listen to my music. And I'm more um, just conscious of, the relationship we have so me as an artist who puts music out and people who love my music and their relationship with my music i'm more in tune with that so there are some things that maybe earlier on i would have majored on as a you must do you know uh, let me think something like i don't know uh, mm, I, some things are give and take it just depends so having to have a music video a live gig you know whatever concoction that you had to do together now i just feel like I'm more led by what I feel the relationship can handle at this point. So if I'm if I'm coming out with a new song, it may be, and this isn't like a um, you know prescriptive. It's just it may be that maybe for this for this song there isn't going to be a music video. It's just going to be uh, a, a song's going to come out. Maybe there'll be a lyric video of some kind followed by some kind of performance, you know, on the back of that to just promote it a bit more and. Along with that, obviously, other opportunities to either play on some type of radio station or TV opportunity or something like that. Um, and that used to always be the thing. But now I think it's just evolved, especially with the pandemic now. The, the game has just evolved again and just changed. And you kind of just have to double down on that relationship you have with people who love your music and figure out how can you still provide value? How can you still um, connect with people? as best as you can. So it, it could still involve any of those things or maybe none of those things. Maybe just maybe just a good song with a, a build up and sharing the story and drawing people into, you know, what the song's about and things like that. I, I basically I think right now I don't feel as much of a um uh, uh what's the word? I don't feel as uh pressure. Sorry? Pressure? 
yeah, pressure, yeah, definitely. But I also, I also don't feel like I have to do as many things as I used to feel like I have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the key thing is just understanding my place as an artist and people who like my music and just sort of that relationship and what that's about. Mm-hmm. So investing in your tribe in that's effect. It. So yeah. you know who they are and you're, they're the only ones you're trying to please, if you like. Um, yeah, how, yeah, how much do you think um, that change and that um, focus has is to do with the changes in your life? So you, you're married now, you've got a child. Um, in terms of finding balance, um, how have you navigated that? And do you think that's got to do with your approach to your music now or vice versa? Yeah, I mean, I think something has to be said for the that kind of maturity as you just as you get older and as more of life happens. Although I think even as a, even if you didn't, even if you don't get married and have a child, which, you know, um, are definitely bound to change your life in a, in a, for good. But even if none of those things happen, I feel like as you mature as an artist, you do tend to, you should get a deeper understanding of why you do things in the context. And some things naturally just creep away. They just kind of, they find their place and you, you reassess and you reorder your priorities. For me, Definitely having um, a baby and getting married. Um, yeah, it definitely changed and matured my processes a lot more. Um, I, I remember definitely you, you do get a, a sharper focus on things and you tend to really zoom in on the key things, what things are vital, what things are important. You don't have a lot of, um, I'll be honest, the truth is you just don't have a lot of energy for um, things that are D, E, F on the list. So you pretty much just zoom in and focus on A, B, C, and hopefully you hit D, you know, that kind of thing. So, and, and I think that's a good thing because it really helps you prioritize better. And it really helps you um, just figure out what things are absolute, what things you really, and deepen your why, you know, as to why, why are you doing this and what exactly is it you're trying to do? I think those two things, getting married and having a child, just even just growing up and maturing in life definitely helps me really focus focus on my why you know mm, that's good and um one thing we we um would say i don't know if we've already said it but that you're super consistent you know what i mean like you've been doing um music for quite some time now and um you might have you know um maybe gaps in between releases as any person would especially independent um artist and and so how do you stay consistent why do you stay consistent um what does success mean to you um you know what i mean like all those sort of things like what what keeps you doing what you're doing yeah oh that's a good question i think lots of questions in there sorry <laughs> yeah no well let's see first you said how uh, what keeps me consistent yeah. um i think of it more in terms of I, I have an opportunity to do what I love doing and I don't really see the barriers stopping me from doing that. So I don't, there's no, nothing, nothing says I can't do the things that I love doing. So I love making music. I'm in a position where I can make music. I love playing, performing live. I'm in a position where I get to do that. Um, so I don't see any reason why not to, you know, I'm, and luckily for me now, I'm in a position where I can produce um, when I say I can produce, I mean, I can I can start an idea, work on it, polish the idea, and at the end of it, come out with a full song, like, and nothing says that I can't do that. So I'm really just like, well, why not do it? You know, why not express myself as best as I can, you know? 
and what is success for me? I mean, it used to be, <laughs> it used to be, you know, performing in front of like, just, you know, the world, millions of people. And with every gig, you want it to be like double the number of the last gig and, you know, things like that. And um, that's kind of still what it is. <laughs> so it's just, it could take a different form. Because I think I really want to, um, I never want to peg myself into a corner and just, you know, because uh, it's not a hobby. It's, it's, it's like a deep passion. So I want it to be shared. I want to express myself. And I want, it, I want more people to feel what I'm talking about. Um, it's just that it doesn't, I don't, I'm not so bogged down by the metrics of it. So I'm not so bogged down by uh, like how many people have listened to this? How many streams has this got? How many people have watched this thing? Cause sometimes, you know, and those like, you know, those metrics are great and they help us, you know, do our jobs better, but I don't really qualify what I do by the metrics. If you like, I, I like to start with what am I trying to express and how do I get this out? Can I do this in the best possible way, you know, that I can. And if I get to do that, I'm happy and I'm successful because I had an idea. I worked on the idea. I got it to a place where it was, you know, where I was happy with it and it was good enough. And I, I released that idea. And God bless me when five, six, ten people listen. Like, do you know how blessed that is? Like, that's my, that's my real metric. Now, I mean, if thousands and millions of people listen to it as well, great. But I've already been successful in with me in releasing and putting stuff out, you know that it only just adds to the success when more and more people jump on the bandwagon, you know. That's so good. That's such a refreshing way to hear someone define uh, their success. Just a quick reminder that we have a growing number of resources and useful videos on our YouTube page. Just search I Am Independent and you should find us. And do follow us on social media on Instagram at We Are Independent Artists and on Facebook under the same. Also on Facebook, you can join our closed group where we're creating community for independent artists to swap ideas, collaborate and just feel extra supported and encouraged. You can find links to everything we do on our website www.iamindependent.co.uk. And that probably quite uh, naturally brings us on to talk to you about live streaming because you've uh, talked about your love for performing. Um, you've talked about adapting to what's within your means and your energy levels. And you've talked about catering for your tribe. And obviously we're in times at the moment where we can't get out there and actually gig. But even when we weren't doing this, this was something that you were doing, but you've, you've done it um, a lot more recently. Um, so firstly, just tell us about... Um, how you feel about that, like um, what led you to start doing live streams um, and just your journey to um, better what, what you've learned um, through doing that. And I'm also be interested to know whether you feel a different connection to your tribe, whether that's been better um, or whether it's just not better or worse, just different. Yeah. Mm, I see, let's see back to front. So whether it's been better or different, I think it's been, I think it's been different. Uh, thankfully for me, I feel like the people who listen to my music the most and let me know, there's probably more people who listen than, you know, than I get feedback from, but the feedback that I do get is more of the same. You know, I don't do it, I don't do it to the point where people are sick of seeing me perform. I do it just enough for people to have missed you. So then the next time they see you or they see something coming up, you know, it, it's interesting in there 
you know, they're, they're, they want to listen to you. What made me start doing it was, you know, when the, when the lockdown happened and the reality was setting in that we weren't going to be able to, you know, perform and be out outdoors, even, you know, in the garden, uh, it, it, it was just rife. Every, every evening I'd go on Instagram and, you know, the stories, the stories, there'd be like 30, 40, 50 live um, performances going on. You know, and I remember just thinking, man, like this is as great as this is. It felt like trying to jump in in there. Would, I, I, you'd be struggling. I, I felt like I would be struggling, and not just struggling for my own sake. I just felt struggling in the sense that we would all be competing for attention. One, and I would I only be doing it because of the panic of not being able to gig. Oh, I must do something. I must do something, and then jump on there. You know, and um, I have to say, man, something has something has to be said for having friends who also are artists and having friends who, you know, uh, um, are on the same journey, you know? So I, I remember getting a phone call from Jake <laughs> and it was a, uh, uh, Jake Isaac says, um, it, yeah, it was a very, it was a very heart to heart kind of like, just let's think this through and let's not just run off. Let, let's just kind of think this through. And I, I, I'm, you know, I think I told him that I just, it made me just think, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me, let's slow down because we were all adapting to something that was changing so fast and none, none of us really knew what the end of it was, how it was going to be, and, you know, and things like that. So it just definitely made me, it made me, you know, take a step back and just, just pause a bit and think, think through how I wanted to, to reshape my journey and just, if you like, uh, uh, manage the connection with people who listen to my music. Um, and so definitely played a part into the first decision to do a live stream, which was, it's been a while now. I was in a position where I just put a song out. So I thought, okay, well, song is out. People are listening to it. You know, you know, it has a life and all these good things are happening. How do I, I do want to connect with people in a way and, you know, just, just, even if I don't perform the song or do anything like that, I just want a way to have, nothing replaces the live feedback, right? You know, if you're performing live, that's kind of what it is. It's like instant feedback. And I just wanted that. I wanted, and I wanted a way to, you know, connect and feedback from people who just jumped on the train, you know? So, you know, put, put feelers out. Actually, what I did was I found out through Instagram, uh, uh, oh, I forget, it's an artist friend of mine, had a, a donate button on his Instagram. And I was so curious. I was like, man, how did you do that? Like, what, how did that come about? So investigated a bit further and I found out that it was a Facebook um, fundraising thing. You know, you do that. And then, so I met, I was, you know, I was just intrigued and I thought this could be a cool thing. In the past, I'd done a few crowdfunding um crowdfunding initiatives that had been successful. And I just know that people who listen to my music support me in that way. And if there were ever something like that where they felt they could give back, they would, you know, hundred percent. So I investigated and I thought this could be a cool thing. So I, you know, started the fundraiser thing and I set my expectations. I'm not going to say the numbers, but I set my expectations here and it just kind of blew, it blew the lid off the thing. And I, so for me, that was the biggest telling point to say, well, do this thing. You know, people want to, you know, experience you playing live. So I did the gig, got the gear together and um, had to get some things I didn't get before that you kind of need if you're going to have a good looking live stream. Um, so I did that. And then the first live stream. Would you, would you mind just talking us through your research? Um, because there'll be lots of people yeah. listening who would love to geek out on that stuff as well and just to educate themselves about it. Yeah, Absolutely. Videos, equipment. Absolutely. Uh, well, okay. So I think you need a good camera. Um, if you're going to do a live stream, first of all, I think you kind of need a good a visual, you need it to look good. So you need a good camera. Um, 
and not, I guess you could, some people, you can get by with the phone, but no, I probably wouldn't use a phone. You need a good camera. There is a, uh, everyone who's planning to do this will probably have come across something called a uh, capture card. So, you know, there are different makes, Elgato, things like that. So you need a capture card. You connect your camera to the capture card. Capture card, the USB goes out into, into your computer, right? And then you need lights. So you need something to just, if you're lucky enough to be doing it in daylight and you have sunlight beaming through, you know, that kind of thing, could be good. You know, might just get away with that. Um, I, I was planning to do mine in the evening, you know, so there wasn't going to be much light. So I had to get some lights. Um, and because you know, I had to take it one step further and make things more difficult for myself. I don't know why, but um, I chose to play electric guitar instead of acoustic guitar, which would have just been simple, you know, um, microphone picks up the whole thing. Oh, and I should say also, you need um, some kind of audio interface. Um, just if you're a recording artist, I'm sure you know, you need a, an interface to have uh, uh, um, inputs. So you can connect a microphone and maybe an instrument as well. So you need that also USB or however into your computer, which has to be a good, powerful enough computer, I guess. So I was doing this and software wise, you need um, there's several you can use. I, I went with OBS, uh, OBS Streamlabs or something like that. And I'll be honest, the only reason I went with it was it was the first one that came up and I looked at it and thought, oh, this will do. So I just, you know, downloaded that. Um, it's very simple to use, very easy to set up. You don't even have to, it's just, yeah, everything is kind of there. You populate it with anything you want, videos, images, um, logos, that kind of thing. Um, and that, that part was actually fun as well. I enjoyed doing it more than I thought I would. Um, so set that up, had some lights. Um, what was the other thing that I did? So yeah, plugged my electric guitar into interface, microphone into interface, and we had sound. Again, because I had to make things more difficult for myself, I wanted to play some of the new songs which had backing tracks. So, you know, that was that was kind of next next tier, um, and there is a workaround. So, you want to if you don't play an instrument, you want to play to a backing track. How do you do that through OBS? Yeah. So on OBS, um, I'll talk about that because that's the one that I know how to use. You go into your DAW, which is your um, either Logic or Cubase or um, yeah, Pro Tools, whatever. You go into that and you set up a uh, you set up an output from that sort of an aggregate device output. I don't know if you want to, do you want to, should we go there? Should we geek out on this stuff or? Yeah. yeah so what, yeah, so you're basically, you're saying when you say aggregate, you have to kind of um, um, connect the sound from your computer, from the um, the door, say it's GarageBand or Logic, you need to connect the sound that's going in um, from that to OBS, which is the thing that's streaming. You need to start, you need to connect it. So therefore you have to create at aggregate it's called so that all the all the sounds can go through it in your inside your computer it's like a, it's a software thing inside it goes all the all the sounds from your mic and from the backing track can flow flow flow, flow, flow. flow the door into um obs and into the ears of the listener is that what you're saying exactly exactly that um so you do that and then what happens is you have to obviously uh perform simultaneously so you hit you hit play on your door, and oh, and you have a have to have a way to monitor it. So I had uh, headphones, so I could listen to what was being streamed into OBS from my door, and be able to perform live with that. Um, once you set up everything that I kind of was talking about, it will make a bit more sense as to how you need to listen to what your what the backing track is doing, so that you can perform along with that. So that's kind of what I did, and. Um, 
performed some songs that I hadn't released before or hadn't released but I had performed before which was a lot of fun I have to say it was a lot of fun people were listening and hearing songs that they hadn't heard before um or that I hadn't released I should say so it was a lot of fun that way feedback was you know when's the song coming out all that good stuff and I remember being so just inspired to do another one because it was so great comments were flying and you know the uptake was really good so I thought man I'm gonna do one next week. I'm gonna do one tomorrow. You know, I'm you know I've got this now. I'm just gonna do it. But then again, I think for me, the ethos of doing live gigs in person kind of is at play in the same ways. You kind of you don't want to, or maybe you do. Some people, I guess, different tactics could work or whatever. But I didn't want to um, lose the mystery or lose the magic of it because if I was on every night. There's no real reason to jump in at any night because it's just gonna come back again, you know. And also, you don't want to. Um, I, don't, I didn't want to abuse the songs by just over over singing them to the point where it just it just kind of didn't have the magic about it. That's how I see it. I mean, there, something could be said for doing it as much as possible, and you know, it's just the way I choose to do things, I guess. Yeah, people um, do it in different ways. Actually, I know somebody. Um, I don't know them. Lizzie McAlpine. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's a um, a singer songwriter, and she's releasing album. She's got a beautiful voice, and. She, I mean, I think people know her because she puts a lot of live clips up of her singing um, on her Instagram and TikTok or whatever. Um, so when she released her album recently, when I say she was on live like three times a day, I was like, I'll go up and I'm like, no, nah, she's not on live again. <laughs> she, was on, she was doing lives like all day, every day. But the thing yeah. is, I think um, it was a different strategy. And as people, people do, a lot of what her career is built on is, her doing live things and doing these clips and they go viral and things like that. So I think around her release, she was just like, you want that? I'm giving it to you. When I say, I was like, rah, like even I, I'll go on your live next week, babes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. People were really, really into it. And that was kind of working to her audience and the strategies around audience and what her audience generally gravitate to, which is a lot of her her doing these live online clips. So um, as you say, like it's knowing your tribe and knowing your audience and catering to them um, and knowing their appetites um, in in terms of your music as well, I think. Yeah. I was just going to say, after you did the first one, um, were there any tweaks or or lessons that you learned that um, you, you changed and where you've honed it as you've gone along? Yeah, definitely. I uh, second time I did it, I didn't want to. I didn't want things to be so difficult, so I definitely went. Uh, I, sh- I stripped things back a bit, and it was just myself and acoustic guitar, um, and there was no backing tracks. But what I did was I kind of uh, um, just, if you like, performed stripped down versions of the same songs, some of the same songs, and that made it easier in two ways. Because one, you need less. There's less moving parts. So um, it took away the risk of something going wrong or something failing or things like that. Because, I mean, I should say when you are using backing tracks and, you know, doing the whole door in through to your OBS, uh, you, the machine and the computer's having to work really hard and it's having to do quite a lot of things. Um, so in that first performance, I remember my, my mind was split between remember, remembering the lyrics, smiling and looking good, and is this machine going to die? Is my computer going to crash while this is happening? You know? um, so the second time around, I, I, I knew to not sort of make things too difficult for myself. Uh, and it just it came across also in the performance because being relaxed and being stress-free just, you know, was, it, 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 yeah, it made me perform a lot better. Some people might not even be in the same position. Some people might have a way to have it all done for them. 
you know, and if and some, you know, because I, I have another friend who does live streams and it has a setup, so has a room in his house that's just dedicated to that. So you don't have to constantly think about that. You just think, okay, what am I going to live stream today? I'm going to sit down here, press press a button, and I'm good to go. Um, yeah, I didn't have that, so I had to keep thinking and I had to keep building every time. I had to keep reshaping things. And Second time around was much better. Though. Sorry, what platform do you use to um, stream or stream via? Right, so I use, oh, I forget the name of it. P uh, it's a P. P it's the it's a platform that lets you stream simultaneously to Facebook, uh, YouTube, um, Periscope. If you do that, if you you know Twitter and stuff, and some people use it to to do Instagram as well. I, I opted to not do that because you have to kind of Instagrams are they try to be like a closed platform, so you, you really couldn't just stream live the same way you can to YouTube and Facebook. But um, so I I kind of opted to not do that because I thought. I could stick my phone up and do Instagram Live at the same time as um, streaming with another camera, which is what I ended up doing. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I need to remember the name of it. It's going to bug me. There's only a few. There's not many people that do that. It starts with a P. Per. Per. per the. <laughs> <laughs> I get that um, from you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll drop it in a message or something if I remember it. Um, yeah, so you do... Um, camera, all that jazz into your computer. And then restream, that's what it's called, restream. What and then you put, yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, pray, pray, restream, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so you go, yeah, so you go from OBS into restream and then that does all the distributing it to everywhere else. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's, that's what I did. And that's what I've been doing. And what's been your, um, having done that now, uh, and obviously we're still in a time at the moment when we can't perform live, but did it make you think, I don't, I don't really want to do this more anyway around releases or, or did you have any unique insight as to when you might use this, even when we are able to get out, back out there in the, the big wide world? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been looking, I've been seeing um, lots of people do different things, different strategies, and some people um, are live a lot even in the cycle of release and whatever else, they're just live a lot of the time. I think there's something you could do, you could probably do a micro version and be live a lot more. And on a grander scale, maybe around your releases, curate some kind of uh, virtual experience. Um, I was watching, uh, oh, I forget what night it was, but Kyra, Kyra, um, Kyra Vision, right? She had a, a, a virtual experience and it was just great to see. I mean, she had a band and, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a bigger thing done, but it was a virtual, I experienced it virtually. So it didn't matter if she'd been doing live streams every other night. This was kind of a, its own experience, its own gig sort of for this purpose. And which is great. I think she was promoting an EP that she'd released prior. So I think that's a good way to go. You know, you can be live every night of the week if you want doing different things. I should say also, you probably don't even have to play and perform every night. There's things you could do. You could just have a chat with people. You could talk about songs. You could talk about anything else. Talk about pizza. Um, don't, don't know why anyone would talk about pizza. But, um, and you could, yeah, so you could do all of that every night of the week. And then still, if it's around a release or if you're doing something in particular for a song or anything like that, you can curate something especially specifically for that. And I think if, if done correctly, it, it would still be good. Like, you know, yeah, no one, if, if it's a tailored thing for a song, 
So I've got a song coming out in like a month or so. If I was going to do something specifically for that, it wouldn't matter if I was if I'm live every night of the week from now to then, because those are just in between. I'm still promoting kind of like this big virtual thing, um, you know, that I'm doing. So yeah, that that's gonna I think gonna replace the big concerts we used to have. We we used to have back in the day, earlier in the year. <laughs> I, I would be it would be a sad day if it does genuinely replace like actual live gigging hundreds, fifty, tens, fifties, hundreds, thousands of people in a room. It would be a sad day if it, those those become a thing of the past, in my opinion. But it's great that we have this in addition, and we would this year because of this year we do have this another way to connect, and um, and I think it's great to have it. But I just hope it. I hope it doesn't replace. Yeah, I mean, it kind of already is sad that we've had to live out this year like this. Um, obviously, nobody's fault, but yeah, man, think of think of how a lot of us have had to think on our feet and just be creative and try try. Some people struggle with connecting the way with the way we're talking about now. You know, if you're, it's just not the same for everybody. So it definitely will be sad and is already sad that we have to we have to do this. Um, but on the positive side, you know. 15, 20 years ago, it'd be impossible. <laughs> so yeah. we only, we'd be, might be able to get our records out, our CDs, finals, <laughs> um, but at least to be able to see people perform and there, there's nothing that beats being there in the room and feeling the Absolutely. atmosphere and everyone else um, reacting with you. Um, but it's, it's fantastic, the tools that we have now as independent artists to be able to reach our tribe, to engage with them, to be found and discovered um when when you look forward midday on your on your career um and although it sounds like you are selective about what you do now with your time and you're more intentional um are there still some things on your bucket list as an artist that you would like to do or, or that you you plan to do in the future yes uh yeah absolutely as uh as bucket lists go i think my my list is robust um, I don't know. You, want me, you wanted me to share some things on my bucket list. They're kind of private. They kind of musical. Uh, musical bucket list. Okay. I mean, it's the same thing. I, I kind of want to. Um, I don't even know if this is on the bucket list, but some things that I've been trying to do more of that I want to do more of is just um, get in the room and write with as many people from diverse backgrounds and from from uh, just different kind of artists to myself. Just get in the room and write. That's that's just something that I have always loved doing and I still want to, you know, be doing as, as much of as I can. So, um, uh, not really buckets, bucketless material, but that's, that's definitely something that I'm trying to do a lot of. Um, yeah, bucketless is a tricky one because I tend to not leave, I tend to not defer things into like this, you know, <laughs> unknown time. I just kind of hit things whenever it comes to mind. If I'm like, can I do this thing now? No. Okay. Well, I'll come back when I can do it, you know? Let me yeah. give you a, a, an easier question to finish with then. Because you have been doing this for a long time, what advice would you want to give to independent artists about their journey, either something you've learned, something you wish someone had told you, um, or just, just advice in, in general to independent artists? Yeah, uh, um, something that has definitely been on my mind recently is um, everything can't be the main event. So you, you kind of have to similar to what I was talking about earlier, you kind of have to be selective or how you put it intentional about the things that you, you put your energy into, whether it's releasing music, whether it's um, 
what songs to put out, if to put out songs and just strategy and things like that. Everything can't be can't be given the same um, level of significance or priority. So I guess for an independent artist coming into doing this now, I would say maybe double down on the reasons for why you want to do this. So your why is a big thing. That's the kind of, I think that's the only way you're going to be satisfied with yourself in this journey is if, if you are ticking off the reasons for which you're doing this. And then the second thing is kind of, if you're looking at other artists doing things and you think, I want to do the same things, um, just understand that you will do those things, you can do those things, and it might look different for you. So, um, I don't know, X person shooting a music video, jumping out of a plane might be good. You might want to do that someday. But um, what if what if it's not your time? And what if it's not thing? And also, what if that's not, everybody's journey is different, you know? So they're doing that now, but doesn't mean you have to go and do that right now to get the same effect and, and things like that. But definitely the cutting back, being selective and intentional. I think I was reading this book and it was, um, I forget the name of it. I'm forgetting so many things today. You think, um, I have to say also I'm sleep deprived. Hashtag deprived um, new child. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in the book it was um, something something to do with, and I'm paraphrasing, just to do with the, the, um, the, 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 more you, the more you go along the journey, you find yourself having to turn things down more. You, you say more no's than yeses. Not because you're not because you're um, any more special or anything like that. It's just it comes with focus. The more you try and focus on something, some things do have to fall away. So whether you're new on the journey, whether you've been on the journey for a long time, I think it's still the same thing. Is you have to understand that not everything is the main event. You know. That's good. That's great. Thanks. Thank you. Just tell us where people can find you. Uh, Socials um, everywhere, middaysmusic.com. Um, yeah, M I D E S music.com is a great way. It just takes you from that one place, you go everywhere. It takes you everywhere. If you want Instagram, if you want YouTube, if you want to come to my home address, you will find that. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got yeah. new music coming out soon? Yes, yes. I have uh, a new song coming out next month. I'm so excited. Um, I'm excited for many reasons, but it's a song that I got to write with my brother, which we hadn't done in a while. And it's, um, yeah, it's great. It's different. It's different. And um, I don't know how to sell it in a way that doesn't give too much of it away, but it's definitely a song that's different. And we're doing, we're doing, or I'm doing a lot more things this time around that I don't normally do. Okay. Intriguing. Yeah. We'll look out for that. Yeah, is that. Is that the right amount of mystery or is that too much? <laughs> <laughs> All good. So, so yeah. good. Thank you for um, coming on and sharing your journey and also giving us tips about live streaming. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful, practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk For more great content from I Am Independent, find us on social media at We Are Independent Artists. Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music. Woo!